Hello, folks. Welcome to the Genuinely Interested Podcast. My name is Roy Bensvi, and I'm your host. And this week we have Mike Lemire. Mike is a glory kickboxer, professional fighter, certified nutritionist and personal trainer, pit bull owner, and just all around super cool guy. We had a lot of fun uh, in this week's episode, just shooting the shit about fighting. Whenever I talk to fighters who are fight fans, it's a lot of fun because we obviously have the same interest. We're both fight fans and it's fun to talk about future potential fights, future fights that are happening, past fights, especially Mike being from France. You know, we talked a little bit about the K1 era, which was one of the best eras of fighting. There's some amazing fighters that came out of that era from Walkout to um, Masato and Andy Sauer, which I think that was a K1 Max. And then you had the K1, the big boys uh, from Peter Ertz to Bonyaski and um, Ernesto Hust and Badahari and just Sammy Shields, all these, you know, monsters that came out of out of that era. And I think they really opened the door for maybe some of the fighters today. Some of them are actually still fighting, to believe it or not. I think uh, I saw a fight by um, Jerome Labonair. And he's like 47 or 48, and he's still fighting. And um, Gokansaki, obviously. So it was a lot of fun talking to him about all these fighters from the past and, you know, what's happening currently in MMA and Glory and in Muay Thai and all these different aspects of the fight game. And, you know, we talked a little bit about some potential, some potential fights and some fights that are coming up, like Mike Tyson and just a few of the MMA fights that are coming up and some of the big names in the sport just to get a bit of his insight how he sees the game and yeah it's always interesting to get an insight from someone who is on the inside and who is a professional fighter and has been doing this for a very long time and has just dedicated his his life and his lifestyle around this i think people don't understand what it takes like you'll see a fight and it's you know anywhere from nine to 25 minutes, depending on what organization and what type of fight and et cetera. But there's months and months and months of hard work and fight camps and sparring and breaking stuff. And that's where the hard work comes in. The final product is just those few minutes. That's where all the uh, accomplishment comes in. But the hard work is those months and months, and that's the behind the scenes stuff. And, you know, that's why I do enjoy when fighters do put up behind the scenes stuff. And, and like, I think, you know, a lot of them don't want to show too much of the sparring because they don't want to show maybe some of the technique and some of the stuff they're working on uh, before fights. But I always love it. It's always interesting to get an insight as to what they go through with uh, weight cuts and sparring and, you know, drilling and, um, that's something I always enjoy. Mike and I had a really fun conversation. You know, it was fun learning a little bit more about him, how he grew up, how he got into martial arts, because again, it wasn't super popular in, in France. And I still don't think it's that popular nowadays. And that's, I think, why eventually he had to move to California, because it was hard to, to potentially grow in France and become a professional fighter. And yeah, just kind of how he sees the sport right now, what what is some of his future plans, what he thinks about some glory rules. And yeah, I think we had a lot of fun in this conversation. Um, I think we'll definitely have to do it again in the future. And as always, guys, 
please share if you like this episode, share it with your friends, put it on social media. And as also, if you want to get in shape, definitely reach out to Mike. Look at his Instagram page. He's always sharing great tips about workouts, uh, nutrition, how to get in shape. And he's also a personal trainer. So he does a 12-week program and he just shows you the ropes, what you need to do. He's with you throughout the whole process. And if you want it, if you want that type of, or if you're looking for someone to really motivate you and drive you, Mike's definitely the guy. He's, you know, the top of the heap, um, really breathes, drinks, lives, sleeps, the, the, the lifestyle. And I think he's the, um, I think he would really help, especially during COVID times now when it's a little bit harder to get out and stay motivated. Gyms are closed. So give it a try. Check out his Instagram. And if you're interested, yeah, shoot him in DM. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Here is Mike Lemaire. The Genuinely Interested Podcast. Doing, Mike? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure. I've wanted to talk to you for a while, man. I, you know, I know you as a fighter, and I follow your Instagram, and uh, I get inspired and simultaneously jealous because <laughs> you're 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 in top shape. I mean, you're in the 0.1 percent of people in top shape. I think in the world, like it's next level. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it comes with the territory, obviously, being an athlete. Yeah. You know, it, it's kind of my job. And also, it's something that I preach every day, especially on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I don't, you know, what is the expression in English? Talk to talk. Exactly. Right. Walk to walk. And, you yeah. know, so, yeah, I just lived a life, man, you know, with uh, with age in this industry, as far as being a trainer, a fighter, a professional athlete. You know, I just learned how to, you know, um, I know my body a lot more nowadays. and. I know that nutrition plays a big fact in, in, you know, recovery and all this. So, you know, and I'm always trying to educate myself and do some research constantly every day, reading books about nutrition and diet and, you know, exercises and then all this. And I went to school for that as well. So, um, you know, it's a passion of mine trying to help people as well to, my, you know, my platform if I can and build my brand. And, you know, it's, it's going well and it seems like a lot of people are like really liking it, you know, so... That's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have, you know, you have different types of athletes. Like you're an athlete and completely jacked, like zero percent fat, and then you have a Roy Nelson <laughs> with the right. with the nice belly. Yeah, here's the big thing, hair. Fat fat boys, they, they last, man. They can they can go for fights. He had cardio too. Yeah, you wouldn't, you know, yeah, you wouldn't guess out in the first second. If, if I mean, from a scientific point, if you look at it, it's more athletes like me with you know, very low body fat percentage that will gas out more because you might, you know, need more oxygen to your muscles. Yeah. So that's why the, the fat guys last longer. I fought plenty of fat guys, man, and, and they just they just go all the way, you know. So it's, you know, don't sleep on them. Yeah. Well, there's also this, this notion, right, that muscle is strength. Like you'll see a lot of guys that are just completely jacked. I saw this video the other day. I think it was Bisping or someone, he posted it and um, there was this bodybuilder. His muscles were just ridiculous, right? And he was punching pads 
And you could just see he had zero power in every punch. He just had no idea how to throw. Yeah, but you know, if you got if you take it out of context, he's a bodybuilder, man. That's his. Yeah, body. you know, maybe he's doing it just fun for cardio. He's fucking around, like, you know. I mean, I don't know if Michael Bisping posted that to bash him. I have no idea because I didn't. I think it was just a joke. Yeah, uh, the joke. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've, and I've I've trained bodybuilders, man. Like straight up for just cardio and shoulder endurance and all this, you know, just for a different type of workout for them and just you know, burn some more energy. And then, uh, you know, obviously the, you know, the technique is shit, man. They get too much muscle <laughs> man. it's very hard to be mobile yeah. you know, in boxing. It's all about the hip and being moved. So, um, yeah, it is pretty funny to, to see yeah. that, you know, because you'll see guys with not a lot of muscle and just uh, so much power in the right. shots. Right. right. Yeah. Put guys yeah. Out. To be honest, it's all about the speed, man. Yeah. You know, connecting to the target and whipping that shit back. That's how you're going to, somebody down so all the muscle really doesn't really matter if you don't know how to use it properly now you can condition yourself there's there's tons of bodybuilders out there you'd be surprised man they can fight you know they're super uh super athletic you know they're not that stiff guy like midhead that you think i mean i know some guys that are 250 pounds just doing backflip front flips and just you know it, it depends man it's all genetics also it would be interesting to see if like Big NBA guys started to get into like <laughs> to like Muay Thai and MMA. They do man, they do some of them a lot. I, I trained uh, two NBA players, you know. Really? Yeah, at the gym, one was six uh, nine, the other one was six eleven. I was one of the tallest uh, trainer at my gym. You know, I'm six two, so yeah. You know, obviously, you're not gonna pair him over like that. You know, so uh, I trained him for like six weeks, and surprisingly, man, like the 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 biggest challenge I think for tall people is that in boxing, especially in fighting, is the high end coordination, man. You know, it's like the goofy dogs that are long on. They kind of yeah. look like that, but surprisingly, man, I mean, you know, the top athletes too, they're doing pretty, really good. So I would be really scared of a Muay Thai man with the knees, the elbows, and yeah, that's like, all. Oh. It's like a semi shills, right? It's like, yeah, um, exactly. he's so, so big. All he has to do is lift his leg and he's kneeing oh, you in the face. I told you this guy's 6'11, right? He's huge. Yeah. Do you remember that Korean guy also that fought? In oh Korea? yeah, yeah. He but, fought. Uh, he fought some small guy once. I forget who it was. Uh, Gokan Saki fought him. Book really? Mm-hmm. I never saw that fight. Yeah, Gokan Saki fought him. Man, he he fought a bunch of dudes. But he wasn't that good because he's like he's too slow, man. He was four hundred pound, you know. No, he was massive. I think he had a. Um, I think it's called giganticism, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you know, Bigfoot Silva also in the UFC. Yeah, Yeah, he has that as well, I believe. You know, like, your face is, like, super, like, flat and huge. I think it's a genetic disease. But, yeah, he was – it's just – Japan loves a like loves a freak show. They right. love the type of – Yeah, especially especially in the 90s, man. That was the the era of, like, you know – the the sport of kickboxing was kind of like new, you know. It's the golden era of kickboxing in the nineties. I grew up watching it, you know, and then, same, I, same. then I got then I got involved with like man, Tyron Spawn, Gokan Saki fighting on the same cars, you know, in Muay Thai, John Wayne Park and stuff like that. And when you, you you achieve that same level, fighting on the same cars, it's pretty amazing, man. And some of them are still going hard too. So, dude, man, I uh, I saw recently, and and it may and maybe this is someone that you kind of looked up to when growing up, but uh, Jerome Benek. He's oh, still fighting. He's like almost fifty. I saw a fight that yeah. he had last year. I mean, he didn't look bad. I, I have no idea who he fought. It looked like some another old guy, but he didn't look half bad, man. He was still in shape, you know. Maybe hey, a little bit. Uh, 
yeah some extra <laughs> extra juice but you know the japanese probably encouraged that back in the days you know you know yeah. what? go ahead <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but still man like you know what i mean like even people that use steroids and whatnot i feel like to still do it at that age there's still like some, you know, there's something to be said about that and some new respect. The will is still there, you know what I mean? After that, it's a personal decision. If they want to, you know, do that to their body and stuff, that's fine. But at the same time, man, he's a legend. He's the reason, one of the biggest reasons why I got into the game for sure. Yeah, you looked up to him growing yeah, up? Yeah, in France because he's, he was really like, you know, we had a we had a lot of Muay Thai guys, you know, but like he he came up on the you know on the K one scene, really kickboxing, and that's yeah. I think that's what really made uh, kickboxing popular too back home in France. Oh yeah, all, all over. I I feel like the the, the K one and and the Grand Prix those really opened the doors for for Muay Thai for K one. I mean, all these legends came out of there, right? Badahari, uh, and in the yeah. in the Grand Prix you had Bakao and Masa and all these people that like Andy Sauer. Mm-hmm. Right, that no one, have, that no one was, you know, knowing about them before, and they're still legends. Some of them are still fighting. Right, and um, yeah, I'm waiting for Gokensaki to come back in the UFC, man. The UFC, like, yeah, yeah. He got, I think, last fight was um, Khalil Roundtree, and I think he got knocked out. Right, yeah, I think he lost that, and then he got injured again. So it's been a long way, but you know, I think Gokensaki is still young, man. I think he's, he's like, like uh, mid, mid to late thirties. Yeah, he's around my age. He's probably a little bit older, like, you know, by a few years. But, you know, he's still got ways to go, though, you know. Shoot your buddy right, you know. And, and some of those guys, man, if, you know, if they have a good contract in the USC or something, they make pretty good money. Yeah. And they have sponsors. So, you know, if you only fight once or twice a year, it's good. You know, you don't take too much damage. Yeah. Well, he's another one. He's just lightning fast. His oh, punches are just incredible. Like, you know, he's one of those guys. You look at him. He's like, especially when he was a heavyweight, a little puffy. Mm-hmm. A man that you know that nine punch combination came in three seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When he throws those hands, it's just lightning yeah. fast. You know, there's something about those heavyweights that are not like supposed to be really heavyweight. Like you know, there's a bunch of them. You know, what I mean, yeah. they could fight lighter weight, but they stay there and they actually do better because they're faster. Yeah. You know, and that's the gift, the speed. Like Tyson was like this. He was a smaller, especially when he first started, man. He was like two, 216, maybe even less. When he was like 19, 20 years old, he was like always under 218. He's and a massive. He was massive. Even at 14, he was massive. Like when he was a kid, yeah. he was always a big boy. And then like I think he kind of like stopped growing at a certain age. Because right, right. he wasn't the biggest heavyweight. Yeah, he grew fast though. But then no, he was not. He was definitely smaller heavyweight. He was just ferocious. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about his fight? Oh man, I, I think Are I you just, excited. I, I literally just heard about that last weekend. I was like, no, then not. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I don't know, man. I just I don't know how. Like you know, it's because it's a it's supposed to be a you know it's not a real fight. It's a four rounder, I think. I think it's eight. I heard yeah, four, but maybe. Or maybe four. I don't know. I hope it's four. Eight is going to be like, you know, I'd rather be it short and then they go at it. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know how hard they're going to go. Are they going to just, you know, spar and play? I don't I don't know. I think they're going to go for it. I think they're going to go. Who do you got? If it, if it was a 12-rounder, I would lean uh, Roy Jones because yeah. he's been yeah. active. That's around. But four rounds, I would lean Mike because – he can just kill anyone in, in, in one round. I just, you know, I just don't really know the intentions behind this fight. So, you know, I don't know if they're like, 
piece coming out just because to prove something? Is it, you know, is it just sparring? Is it like just a, you know, publicity stunt? It's money. Yeah. Well, it's always money. Like, it's, is it a pay-per-view? I think so. I think yeah. So. Well, there you go. Yeah. It's money. I don't know, man. How old are they? 50-something? They're both in their, I think, early to mid-50s. I mean, the, the promo video of Mike Tyson uh, training, though, he looks pretty scary. Oh, Jesus, dude, he's so I scary. Mean, I mean, I'm sure there's a sound effect, the, you know, the video, <laughs> all this, you know, the edit is pretty good, and he's just, like, you know, doing his best for 30 seconds in front of the camera, but... Still. Um, yeah, nope. still. I mean, I'll watch it, I'm not going to lie. I won't, yeah. Like, I mean, two legends of the sport coming back? Come on, that's unheard of. Thank you. I, I, I'd, I'd like to see that, too. So so let's talk a little bit about you, man. How did you first get into, into martial arts? What was your first uh, martial art growing up? Uh, martial arts started when I was four years old. My dad grew up doing judo. He was a black belt in judo, and, and so was his, uh, his dad, my grandpa. And so uh, I had two older brothers. I'm the youngest of a family of four siblings. Mm-hmm. And um, and then so my dad put me in judo with my brothers when I was I was only four, and then from four to fourteen, fifteen years old, I just did judo all the way. So I competed pretty high level at the time, uh, traveling through France a lot, you know, in, in the bus on the weekend and competing and stuff. Uh, but I got you know I kind of got bored with it or just kind of fell off. And you know I was fourteen, fifteen. I wanted to you know kind of party because in Europe. You can you can go out and drink and stuff like that. So my mind was more on that, you know. Yeah. Um, something I wish I kind of stick with, you know, especially nowadays here in the U.S. with uh, MMA and all this and how competitive it is, you know. So, but uh, but then that introduced me to boxing. Uh, so around fifteen, I remember just I don't know, without you know my boys and and uh, and we just, we uh, we walk we stumble upon this this little gym, you know, and then so we sign up. And I did the English boxing, just the hands, mm-hmm. for about a year. Um, and I've done some kickboxing on the side as well. I started kickboxing a little bit there and there. But, you know, it was really the French savat, the French yeah. kickboxing. So it's a lot of flashy kicks and all this. I didn't really have the traditional uh, Muay Thai, you know, uh, next to me. It was it was probably a couple hours away, you know. And at that age, I can't, I can't, I couldn't drive and, you know, and all this. It, it was really hard. So... I moved to the U.S. when I was 18, 18 to 19 years old, and that's really when I, I started doing Muay Thai. Um, so I landed in Boston first, so I found a gym over there. and I trained there, and then I moved to Hawaii, and I competed in Hawaii. I had two amateur fights that I won. Oh, wow. And then I moved to San Diego after that, which is, you know, still where I reside uh, nowadays. And uh, and then that's really when I started my pro career after that. I mean, I had amateur career for a little bit. And then, uh, and then, yeah, so that's my story, man. You know, I've been around martial arts my whole life, pretty much, uh, you know, with my brothers and my dad, competing a lot in judo, then transitioning to karate and, and kickboxing, you know, really like the Japanese art. Japanese. Yeah. So I grew up really with the judo and karate mostly. And that's what most kids in Europe really have, um, especially back in the days, you know, martial arts was really still like this kind of, you know, it was it was not really uh, popular at all. No, and I I think MMA just became legal in France like last year or earlier this year. Right, it was illegal for the longest I mean, time. I'm I'm saying like the the gym. There's no really like there was no martial arts gyms. Like you'd have to go to a uh, 
you know, a gym could be like a basketball court and like, you know, that was your dojo. Yeah, some underground But, you know, here in the U.S., even when I moved out here in California, you got beautiful facilities and, and all those beautiful gyms. It's not like that in Europe. It's getting there, you know, slowly, and big cities have them now, you know, Paris and all this. But if you go around Europe, man, martial arts is still very, like, confined. You know, it's not like a corporation with, like, big UFC gyms and, and, not, and chains like this at all. They, they don't have the fitness. It's It's separated. You understand here you have both yeah. you have like those fitness gyms slash MMA slash you know what I mean? Well here it's very it's 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 the highest level. But yeah, I mean here you have it all. Yeah, that's 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 the promise of the US, right? right. It's uh yep. best of everything. But in Europe, I mean what other countries would you say? Because I know the Netherlands is really big, obviously. They had Dutch boxing and you know a lot of stars. A lot of stars out of out of the Netherlands. Yeah, I would say France. France is very very uh, good for Muay Thai. We had uh, a lot of uh, a lot of champions coming out of from France. Uh, the Holland is definitely more uh, kickboxing. Yeah, you know, different, different style. Italy is good. Uh, England, we're seeing more fighters out of England now. England is yeah. England has always been good, but England has always been good with boxing, not necessarily, you know, Muay Thai or kickboxing. Very good hands. Uh, over there, Ireland has some good fighters. Germany has some great fighters. Then Russia, obviously, that's more Eastern Europe. Russia, yeah, Russia is yeah, Russian. They make you know sambo and all this. The killers out there, man. Yeah, sambo is just different level, man. Like the the pressure those guys put on their opponents. Yeah, I mean, I would say you know I would compare that to like you know like a wrestler out here in the U.S. You know, Division One wrestler or something like this. You know, but like they've they've been drilling this their whole life. You know, some of the takedowns and all this. So that's why you see a lot of Russians too. Uh, you know, doing going towards MMA as well. But it's not even Russians, right? It's like Dagestani's. They it's like this little country, yeah. or or in the, or, or they want to be a country uh, within Russia, and they're putting wrestlers on their back. You know, you see what Khabib does to to high level jujitsu yeah. guys, wrestlers. Type of grappling for sure. It's definitely closer to judo, I would say, you know, than than wrestling. Yeah. Do you have any, you know, desire to try to do MMA at some point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, it's it's always been the, the big question for me is like when I moved to the U.S. and especially here in California, in San Diego, I was like... There was nothing really for Muay Thai. I, w- I wanted to say really pure Muay Thai. It was, it was a lot harder. There was not that many gyms. And MMA was really like, you know, kind of the way to go. UFC fighter came up, you know, the show. Yeah. And so I thought that was going to be my route. So I trained. I trained some grappling jiu-jitsu for like four or five years. Really? Um, yeah, I did some on the side. I had a really bad shoulder injury. So I stopped doing Muay Thai for like almost two years. I mean, I would train it, but not, you know. My focus was a little bit more grappling at that time. And uh, and then I started doing Muay Thai again eventually. And I completely stopped. But a couple of weeks ago, I started training grappling a little bit. You know, I just don't want to... I have all this free time right now. I want to, yeah. you know, put it to use to something else. You know, for, you know, potential. We'll see. Dude, man, I'd love to see that. Because, I mean, I, I don't know how you feel about glory rules. You know, I love stand-up fighting i love muay thai i love uh kickboxing uh, you know i love the, the whatever they have in, in one and glory and, and all right. the different ones i don't like the stoppages that they do in glory all the time yeah it's I too much like, 
it's way too i feel like it interrupts the, the flow does. of the fight yeah it does well it took me if you look at some of my fight with glory it actually took me a long time because transitioning from muay thai and being allowed in the clinch and i was like you know my strong point really the clinch game and yeah and so transitioning to kickboxing was very different pace you know you you know you fight people from all over the world that have a kickboxing background and and here in the U.S., it's really it's it's, it's a little different, um, you know. And transitioning from Muay Thai, you know, to this, the, the the tempo is different, and so the referee always breaks you, basically, you know. And that was really frustrating uh, at, at first, but uh, I think I've managed, you know, uh, lately to do a lot better, you know, this last few years, you know, with the with the kickboxing uh, range, you know what I mean. I just feel like there's the 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 potential for for more stoppages because what happens is a fighter gets a little bit tired right or right. he doesn't want to engage yeah. as much and he just clinches up mm-hmm. and then he'll stay there for three four five seconds the ref will break it up and then that keeps happening and happening and happening and it, it happened you know, to me, it happened to me in my last two fights man all those guys were just hugging me too so because yeah. i'm moving forward and try to catch a break they don't want to yeah. fight literally just hugging me you know and in that in a in, in the in the referee has to stop i said stop i'm like fuck let me work you know if i'm gonna throw some knees and stuff you know is that frustrating it is frustrating man it is but you know at the same time it is what it is yeah and, you know as a fighter as a high level fighter you gotta be able to adapt you know so would you be open to doing like what they do in one where it's it's muay thai with four ounce gloves love to fight in one now, I, honestly, when it comes to Muay Thai, man, is just it really depends. You know, kickboxing pays more, um, so I don't know organiz- uh, organization like one if you know if they offer a contract with Muay Thai and kickboxing is the same pay, then yeah. I think that could you know be interested in. But uh, you know, I, I like to fight, man. So you might see me do some MMA or more Muay Thai. I don't know yet, but it's it's definitely not a no. I'm yeah. Open for it. Yeah. I feel like that's what it's you know maybe I don't know 15 years ago the only show in town was was pretty much boxing and right. now the MMA and in UFC specifically have kind of opened the gates where you see so much crossing between different martial arts right you'll see one and people doing Muay Thai and then they'll I don't know switch it up and they'll do some MMA and then they'll go do boxing and I don't know they'll do wrestling and they'll do grappling like they're just so much variation and so much more. I think this is the best time ever if you're a martial artist, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I think, you know, uh, I think technology has made it possible for everybody to want to watch it. So it's, you know, it's it's spreading, you know, all over the, the, the world, really. And then allowing us to just share this, like you said, you know, different different uh, type of uh, fighting yeah. on one platform, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But the only thing is, you know, this MMA Muay Thai, kickboxing, they're all different sports. Yeah, definitely. You move different, your defense is different, the glove size is different. That's a big thing, you know, as far as when it comes to defense. So kickboxing is especially Dutch style, is all up in your face and then just low kick and then just everything is covered. They don't really do defense. It's I would love to I would love to see like a, a K1 Grand Prix like they had back in the day. I, I love that. I, I I still watch those fights. Like I must have watched some of those fights. I mean, Glory started doing it, man. I, I did three tournaments with Glory where I, I had two, one tournament when it was like uh, eight man tournaments. You got to fight three times in one day. Yeah, in one night, in one wow. summer, in like wow. two hours, you're gonna fight three times. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was the first tournament that I won, and then uh, the second one, 
uh, was how, it? How was it fighting three guys in one night? Oh man, best brutal, no? My best, yeah. I think that's probably so far one of my best accomplishments. Wow. Yeah. Just and that. That's what got you into Glory. Yeah, that's that's what got me the the contract with Glory. Glory was you know scouting in each country basically, and then mm -hmm. through a a middleweight uh, tournament at the time. And you had to fight three times, make 20K. And so, you know, at the time, it was good, man. It was, uh, and I came back from a trip from Japan, and my coach at the time was like, I signed you up for the tournament. You got three weeks. Let's get ready. <laughs> get on the treadmill. And I was like, I did party for New Year's pretty hard, and, you know, in Tokyo and all this. And so I came back, and I was like, oh, shit, we fight. <laughs> and then so I told uh, some of my friends back home, uh about it and they were like oh man we don't we want to come and and you know and, and see you live we've never seen you fight yeah you know all my best friends back home so they all flew to see me in la fight so that night was pretty cool because that's the first time they came to the u.s yeah first time seeing me fight so it was a very good night we went to vegas the 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 same night after that and they saw you crush it win three yeah. fights in one night yeah, yeah, and so that's what got me into Glory, and then so Glory at first they had men those tournaments, they had like a four hundred thousand dollar tournament for the heavyweight, you know, and it would go down a little bit as the weight class would go down. Um, so they had that man with Go Kansaki, all those guys, Terrence. Yeah, yeah they started do, doing really well, man, and 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 the sport never really took up here in the U.S. You know, and, or in Europe, right? Well, in Europe is doing a lot better. Yeah, you know, and that's why you see most of the cars. You know, it's it's not a lot of American kickboxers. You know, so mm -hmm. you know it, it, it's very hard out here in the U.S. if you're you know a top kickboxer to like really make it. You know, because they really push the Europeans a little bit more. So that's why that market up in Asia with one championship is very interesting too. You know, explore different markets. Yeah, one is is great. I you know I really enjoy I watching. Yeah, so I mean, you had that that great fight against uh Kamozi, who is you know he used to be a UFC guy and I, I think there was a lot of hype behind it because he comes from the UFC and because he's a big name how you know how was that fight oh it was fun man I like Chris Chris is a cool guy you know yeah, he seems uh, like it you know and plus he he played the part man you know he played the hype good as far as like you know the UFC pushing in and you know yeah. the, the trash talking I thought that was fun you know, and, you know, at first I was like, who is this guy, you know, coming from the USC? Because we all know that striking for, you know, kickboxing and striking for the USC is completely different. So, yeah. uh, but I, he knows that as well. Uh, you know what I mean? So it was all fun. Uh, Chris was tough, man. Definitely can take a punch because, I mean, I, I went off on him. Uh, really? Like, he was just a lot bigger than me, man. This, that was my last fight at 187, actually. Uh, 187 pound. That that was the decision after this fight, man. Like this, I don't. Pray, I think Chris Camos probably would have been 220 that night. You know, I was like barely 200 pound. Really? So after rehydrating and rehydrating and all this, and yeah, 195 probably. I think I was. You know what I mean? So you know, there's 20 pound difference there between me and him, and I felt that, especially against the ropes, he would use the shoulder roll a little bit MMA style. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, me and Chris still talk to this day, man. Uh, really. Yeah, not, yeah, he's cool, man. Nothing but respect to him, man. To do what he did also, to come from, you know, uh, you know, the USC and come into kickboxing and still fighting also MMA as well. That's that's something you got to respect, man. There's not a lot of people that cross over like that from one sport, especially at a high level. Yeah. You know, high-level MMA, high-level kickboxing, 
you know, high level, even possible boxing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like someone like Edson Barboza could do really well in glory. He's one of my favorite fighters, actually. Like, if you look at, at, for, for the most part, most of his losses are people who, um, either wrestlers or high level jujitsu guys that put pressure and take him to the ground, like a Kevin Lee or, um, I forget. Yeah, yeah, he's. His losses were close every time. I mean, he's he's always giving somebody a fight, man. He can, yeah. I love his style. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely one that uh that I kind of like to watch in MMA for sure. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd love to see him in just like a like a only stand up. Yeah. yeah, you know, but that's the thing. But it's just the defense is different, man. So if you're not used to also that that big pressure and being able to cover like this, like kickboxing is is different. Yeah. You can't well, cover it as much with the four ounce gloves. Exactly. So those those guys they move a lot more, you know, and it's, it's different. It's different sport. Yeah, I saw that they um, the glory said that they're coming uh, back. I think today they announced. Are you are you trying to get a fight? Are you yeah, man. Uh, well, here's the thing. Well, glory technically just got rebought by another company. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I still have two fights on my contract for the remaining of the year, but. I don't know. You know, that's going to be very tough to do. So I'm not too sure what's going to happen with me and Glory uh, in the near future, you know. Um, so I should go into some management issues. Yeah, they have, you know, in this crisis, you know, the virus just really hurt him bad. I'm sure just like me, they have a lot of uh, athletes to, you know, on, on, you know, to pay. Yeah. And, you know, not being able to put out events, they can't. So. I think you know that to you know get some help, and uh, so I don't I, I don't really know, man. But I just don't know if even this this new company really is gonna really push kickboxing that much more than Glory did. You know, I don't know what's gonna be the the major difference here. So for me to stay with that you know organization, I don't know. I have to see. What would you like to see Glory add? Like, would it be? I don't know, uh, elbows, would it be, uh, you know, uh, maybe 30 seconds in the no, cage? Would it be, well, like, would there yeah. be rules that you you would like them to change? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I am I got really used to them. You know, uh, as far as elbows, that's a different sport. That would be Muay Thai. So you can't, you know, it's it's a kickboxing organization. Elbows could not happen. And yeah. the reason why they don't do other elbows is because elbows are just, even though you don't knock somebody out, the fight is stopped in the first round. And it's, yeah. it's a show business. That's yeah. what kickboxing is. It's a fast pace. Just bang it out. Just go. You know, that's what it is. The teach you to just go, go, go. Even before the fights, they always tell you, just go, go. Don't hold on. Like, they tell you this. You know, they, so they warn you, you know. Yeah. Uh, but then you see a lot of, uh, you know, especially here in the U.S. or, you know, up-and-coming fighters that are coming from a Muay Thai background try to make it to kickboxing, you know, like I did. And kind of struggling a little bit against, you know, maybe Europeans or, you know, another style. It takes some time to really transition. Uh, but I would like to see them maybe a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, with the clinch work a little bit more time maybe before the release. But that's just, that's something that each referee is different on it. It's not so much the rule that Glory has. It's more the referee. There's referees that will leave you working the clinch surprisingly longer than others. You know what I mean? So you just got to have a, a, the right referee that night for you, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, what what weight class do you feel that you're most comfortable in? I saw the last fight that you had 
I think it was um, the guy's name. I think it was Malik Watson. Yeah, Watson. And your style is very, you know, pushing forward, aggressive. Uh, there's, you know, you don't take a step back type of. And he faded pretty, pretty quickly. And like I think the second or third, you could see yeah, him fade well, already. All the, all the knees that I was getting to his body, I was trying to slow him down. That was kind of my game plan: attack the leg. But I broke my foot in the first round. You did? Oh shit! Yeah. Well, I broke it already. Like when I was probably sparring, like a camp. By my for my camp against the one in Miami before that, uh, for sure my foot was also broken and, and you know inspiring at some point. So I just had a really bad experience with my foot this last year when I couldn't really kick, and it's one of my forte, you know, especially to pin an opponent. You kick him, you know, they they brace and then you attack. Yeah, especially if you're a bigger person and tracking somebody down, this is a you know something that we do. So with that being said, yeah, Malik, man, he just. He just kept holding on to me. It was really frustrating. He headbutt me three times, so I had major cuts all over my face, but it wasn't even punches. It was yeah. But so that was frustrating. I was trying to tell the ref, I was like, "Are you serious?" You know, and no points, no point deduction. And then it just you no, know, no point deduction, nothing. I think he might might have gotten a warning the last the last round, but I'm not even sure. But overall, yeah, just my last two fights with Glory Man. Also, you know, going down from 187, I used to be like the smaller guy, so getting in people's faces, to now being like one of the bigger ones. So the range is also different, you know, which is kind of cool. I, you know, to be honest, now I'd rather be at 170. I think I'm, I'm more comfortable. You know, I've, I've, you know, I've worked all those last few years to really, you know, have a diet kind of really working out for me as, as far as not, not putting on too much muscle or too much weight, unnecessary weight. So I, I feel more functional and, and just as strong. I'm a little faster, you know, a little bit more pop and a little bit more agile too. So I, I like it. Yeah. So 170 is your ideal weight class? Yeah, I think so. I mean, 175 would be great too. You know, a little 170 is a big cut, come, you know, a little bit. So uh, you don't have a lot to cut. I mean, you you carry like yeah, over zero fat. You know, yeah, well, the bigger you are, the more water you have also. Yeah. And I think with guys that are a little bit more dense with muscle, it's a little bit easier for them to cut a uh, weight as well. Uh, but with that being said, man, we have a good protocol for my weight cut. And, you know, I feel great uh, come fight day, fight night. Uh, so I don't see, a, you know, really a, a thing changing about that. Now, if, you know, if, if I went to go to a different organization and at 175 or 180, I'll probably go there. What do you usually walk around at? It, it really depends, man. My weight fluctuates, you know what I mean? Depends yeah. on how dip, disciplined I am with the diet, of course. Uh, but I would say right now I'm probably 193, something like this, you know, and yeah, sometimes 190, sometimes 195, you know, yeah. it really fluctuates. I, honestly, I never, I don't even have a scale in my house. <laughs> yeah, the mirror, the mirror, man. At the gym, there's a, at the gym, there's a, there's a there's a scale and this is usually where it's, you know i kind of weigh myself just to kind of see where i'm at you know yeah but i, I know man I, I can tell if i'm 192 195 like i literally wake up in the morning and i already know do you usually start training in the morning like you like to get a, a yeah, I, usually, I, I like man i mean you know i have my routine like every athlete i'm sure but i usually like yeah i'm, I'm definitely a morning person more nowadays so i like to get a workout in in the morning usually and yeah. i'll kind of chill around lunchtime you know do some business whatever i gotta do some errands chill a bit and then train again in the afternoon i'm probably gonna train after this i'm gonna go do some conditioning a little bit and i train this morning so i try to really maintain a schedule right now i'm just uh 
you know, because it's easy, man, with no no fights on the you know on the horizon, and and you know, not even have a day for athletes for fighters. It's hard, man, to stay focused on all this. So I'm just maintaining my discipline when it comes to training. You know, staying sharp, staying ready if needed. You know, and uh, yeah, it's all about balance, man. You know, you just gotta find the right balance. Yeah. Are you itching to get back in? Are there, are there some fighters that you'd love to fight? Who, who would you like to fight in your division? Who's like a good fight for you? Well, like there's one more fight in the U.S., Troy Jones in my weight class for glory. That's that's the only one because we were supposed to meet in the final of the tournament, but I got hurt. So that never happened. And now with the glory situation, I, I have no idea, to be honest. Uh, Cedric Dume is my number one target. I mean, he's the title holder. Fellow Frenchman? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's another French guy and he's good, man. He's his style is just like really not um you know, orthodox, right? So to speak. Yeah. He doesn't have that. So it'll be an interesting fight, you know. I think he's undefeated, right? Uh I believe I, I don't know. I'm not sure, man. I don't wanna I don't wanna match his record or say something wrong, so Yeah. No, he's uh yeah, he's a super exciting fighter. He's uh He's, he's, he's cool man like he's uh you know i like to fight him i like to fight uh growing heart okay you know all those top three there's that british guy that just won against uh haru that i want to fight too you know he's like the number one over there in england so yeah i like to fight all those guys man whether it's with glory or one fc whatever yeah you know who um did you what did you think of the butter butter harry uh Rico fight. Beautiful. Binary is such a legend. Yeah, you like that fight? Man. I mean, Rico is a... I don't know. Rico is Rico is good, you know? And Binary <laughs> just, just put it on him. You just still have that killer instinct, man. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what happened to his leg or to his... Yeah, that was very weird, man. That was very freaky. I mean that was gonna be that was gonna be over. Like Rico was out. All yeah. he had to do was just like you know get up and then finish him. Yeah. I don't. Want, I guess his ligament, his ligament, ligament in the foot got torn or something. I don't. Did they ever release? Because I've never like I never I never followed up. I never actually you know, heard what happened to his leg. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I think he he posted pictures of the hospital and something. You know, he said his ligament was some something went off. But who knows? No idea. Bad Harry, man, is he's a legend, man. He's 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 known around the world for sure. As far as kickboxing, he's a legend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they I'm sure those guys made like a nice chunk of change on that yeah, fight. Well, I mean, you know, and those guys carry the sport though. And that's why also like I'm thankful for, for both of them because if I wasn't for a big heavyweight fight like that, where like even boxers are looking at it, where MMA fighters are really looking at it, like, you know what I mean? When celebrities are like attending the event and stuff like that that's good that's what we need yeah you know uh but unfortunately it's it's not like that all the time you know so no but i i do think it's you know and i i see this in 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 mma as as well there is you have to, there's a lot of stock being put on on the cult of personality you have to be entertaining like being a good fighter is is great right that's you have to be that to get to the top but on top of that you have to 
do well on social media. You have to be good looking or funny or authentic or whatever it is that your true self is. You have to know how to make that shine in the best possible way. And shit talking is <laughs> something that, you know, it sells fights at the end of the day. If you look at McGregor, if you look at, uh, I don't know, all the, you know, Muhammad Ali back in the day. And if you look at Rico, uh, not Rico, sorry, Badahari, you know, he's a shit talker and he gets in your face. And yeah. that's the stuff that that sells fights, right? People want to tune in to see that stuff because there's that the whole buildup. And then it's either they love they love you or they hate you, but they're still going to tune in to watch the fight, either right. to root against you or for you. Yeah, and that's always going to be the fight business, man. This is, it's always been like that. It's always going to be like that. You know, yeah. but this culture is a different, you know, like if you go to Japan, man, and you fight over there, because I've, I've, I've been there in Tokyo and I watched for New Year's. The reason why I got into glory, by the way, is, 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 is that tournament. But I went to Tokyo for New Year's to visit my buddy and he took me to the glory fight, Tokyo 4, mm-hmm. uh, glory 4 in Tokyo. Yeah. So we watched those fights and the next day uh, I went to the temple and I prayed and I said, this year uh, I want to become part of glory because I just seen the fight last night and I want to be a Muay Thai world champion. And I came back from, uh, from my trip and my coach said, Hey, uh, you got three weeks. I won the tournament. So that was my first one. And then the promoter of uh, WCK called me after, you know, winning this tournament. It was like, Hey, uh, you know, we have a, a title on the line. If you want to fight for it, it was like, yes. And so, <laughs> And and I did, and and so within like three months, I think I won the tournament and uh, a world title on Muay Thai. So it's oh, awesome. Yeah, that was a good time. I mean, yeah, I uh, it's it's that uh, <laughs> what's that Luke Rockhold quote? Uh, Believe, conceive, achieve, something to that effect, where <laughs> you see what you're gonna do in your mind's eye, and then you go do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think McGregor, for all his faults, I think there's a few things that Conor McGregor did in the fight game that are absolutely amazing. And like you said, like like you were talking about Badrahari and Rico, like they carry the sport. I think he's someone that carries the sport in MMA, and you know when he's on a card, everyone else gets paid more. Of they appreciate it, and he kind of leveled up the game where before well, everyone McGregor was, is a legend too, man, for sure. He is. He is. He definitely did something very great for the sport of MMA. Um, you know, whatever you think about him, I like him. I personally, I think he's a great fighter. I like him, yeah. And uh, and he's actually, you know, what he says is he's he's smart, man. He's just he's got a you know a really good fight IQ. He's a, he's a smart guy, man. You know, he might not always look like he is, but he's a lot smarter than he looked, then maybe. No, he's he's a very intelligent guy. Rated, he, you know. Yeah. Sorry. He's calculated. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And now what I was going to say was I kind of I was watching him because, uh, you know, I'm, I, I've been watching MMA for a long time and I was I watched his first fight. And then I was well, I found him on, on YouTube and I was watching like the behind the scenes and the first uh, two or three fights. I think his fight, I can't remember exactly, but I believe second or third, I think it was Marcus Brimage. And I believe it was in Ireland. I could be mistaken, but I, I believe that's what it was. And uh, he was in the hotel room and he was showing the camera, um, the, the book, The Secret. And he was saying, like, he's been reading this for a long time and he was envisioning himself achieving these things. And now he's doing it. But, you know, it's again, like you didn't really see fighters talk about that kind of stuff five, six, seven, eight years ago. And he was one of the first that was pretty much like not ashamed to do these type of uh, movements that he was doing or talk about 
business or come like in suits. So he really changed the game. And he, and again, it goes back to being authentic. Like he just became, he shined who he was in, in a very good way. Right. I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as pay, I know there was a, a big pushback in MMA and, and you know, there's John Jones and Namaz and all these people that were just not willing to fight because, um, I mean, because essentially they, they said that they're not getting paid enough. And uh, there was a trend for a while of people that were just not going to fight if they didn't get paid their worth. Um, is there the same type of pushback in glory and in, in kickboxing or are you not really seeing that? Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Is fighters saying that? Yeah, of course. <laughs> All of us. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, this is the fight game too, though. It's just like, it's always going to be like that, you know, especially, I mean, the hardest, the hardest is really more like when you're up and coming, because the way it really works when you're up and coming professional fighter, if people don't know, it's first of all, you don't make shit. Two, it's mostly ticket sales, you know. Um, so, and it's it's promoters will get you on the card if you can take uh, if you can sell tickets. Really. So then, if you you know a shy fighter, for example, you don't have a social media, you don't you know it's not really a thing. But you're a killer. It's gonna take you a long time, and you know to really like shine, I guess, so to speak. Um, so yeah, that's the way it works, man. So until you land on with a, a big organization, you know, it's just not, and that's why everybody's, you know, trying so hard to get to that level. Uh, but even to that level, man, it's, it's always going to be about money and how much they can squeeze out of you. Of course. Yeah. Does glory allow you to, to, uh, wear sponsors? Unlike the UFC that doesn't allow that anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have monster energy, my sponsor. That's um, awesome. I usually, yeah where with them yeah so i mean let's let's talk a little bit about your your workout regime because i feel like that's i mean more than most fighters i just you know i don't know i, I like following your stuff i like seeing the, the the workouts you put out i you know i've done a few and i feel like they're really good because it's i feel like they're doable a lot you know sometimes yeah. you see stuff and you're like ah, that's i don't know if i could do that but this this is well, doable. you know i think i think you know really what i try to do first of all i try to have fun in front of the the camera it's not always something that i'm like really planning on doing you know what i mean uh yeah. some of them i really come on the spot man like i'm just i'm just kind of feeling myself and i'll be like you know what let me record this and i'll share it <laughs> that's really how the idea came you know and okay. a lot of people in the last couple of years i've always you know asked me why don't you post more of that shit you know stuff like that even when the diet and stuff uh, mm -hmm. but you know with that being said you know when you train all the time when i was busy in camps and stuff it's not something you you know it takes time man yeah you know doing all that shit on social media takes uh takes some time so uh with this coronavirus though i you know sometimes reflect and i was like hey that might be a good time for me to start my actually my online business you know where i do actually uh you know, I am personal trainer online, basically, you know, I have people with nutrition, working out and all this consult. Uh, but I also want to share uh, some of my own training, you know, with my followers and, and kind of like share my lifestyle and what really works, I think. And some cool stuff, you know, I don't, you know, like, like everybody else, I'm influenced with what I see a lot on social media, you know what I mean? Like the trends a little bit, so to speak. But uh, I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a high level athlete and I, I, I believe that what I share, you know what I mean? is is, is, is effective. I know it works. It's what I do myself. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not there to sell anything. 
I'm just showing what I do every day. Do you keep to a certain diet? Uh, you know, I have, honestly, I have a really good like relationship with food. You know, it's like, yeah, I, I, so to speak, I eat really clean during the week usually. And on the weekend, I just eat whatever I want. Binge. But yeah, you know, kind of binge and eat for sure. I mean, I eat a lot. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, you burn a lot too. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I've always had an appetite, man. Since I was a kid, I've just always been a foodie. Yeah, but always. I just eat. What What's your go-to? <sighs> yeah. Last Last night, I just cooked it up real quick at the Japanese barbecue. Nice. So, I have this little grill that I bring outside on my patio, and I have all those little cuts of you know prime, you know Japanese wagyu little, you know little steaks and stuff. And then uh, I had rice, I had some asparagus, I had some uh, shishito peppers, and it's all grill on that little grill. So it's it's bomb. That's kind of what my, uh, you know, it's not like during the during the day like this when I'm busy and I'm constantly either training or, you know, doing stuff. I don't want to eat too heavy. So I like, I'll have a big salad, you know, get all my yeah. greens and some protein in there. And then depending on my day, if it's, you know, if it's heavy day, if I, you know, sprints, I'm lifting weight, I'm sparring, whatever, I'm definitely going to have a lot more carbs that day, for example, you know what I mean? So I, yeah. you know, I alternate a little bit, but it's, it's, it's mostly, it's just whole, whole food diet. There's just no secret, man. I don't eat like processed food. I mean, I do love ice cream and I eat, you know, I eat some of that, you know, on the weekend and stuff. But during the week, I try, I try to stay disciplined. Ice cream is for the soul, man. I know. There's nothing, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, I love. I, I mean, honestly, and that's the that's the problem. I try not to buy it, so I don't eat it. Yeah, because at night, sometimes you know, you open the the freezer and you see the ice cream, and you're like, if I start, you know, the pint, it's done. Oh, like, dude, oh, I'm the same. There's no way I'm going to have to <laughs> back in the freezer. I, I can hear it. I can hear the ice cream like whisper from the fridge, like, come eat. Yeah. I'm like, and I just like. I yeah I can't stop either. It's a problem. Yeah, I, me too. Uh, ice cream is definitely my vice. Is you know it's like it's probably something I eat at least once or twice a week. Uh, you know I don't I don't condone it, but you know because there's a bunch of sugar in there and it's yeah it's really bad for you, but it's delicious. Yeah, no, it, it evens out in the end, man. It's, yeah, uh, it evens out, man. You know, <laughs> like I said, that's why I'm all about balance. Even like some of yeah. my clients, I'm not like you know I'm not like. I've never been the type of person of I've never myself counted my calories at all, like ever, yeah. not once, not even once, like counted like even for a fight, I just go like the way I look, the way I feel, you know, I, I just know all those things. Now I do calculate for my clients and stuff like that. That's different, you know. But for me, I've been doing this, you know, for the last fifteen years, you know, even more, yeah, you know, cutting weight and stuff. Uh, I don't, I don't really need it. It just seems like so tedious and laborious to count your calories and like everything. Like uh, I, I, I try to, I, I try to eat healthy. Like obviously, I, I, you know, I binge once in a while and I don't keep to it. And I just feel like people who try to keep to like this super strict uh, regimen of, of diet, right. it's not sustainable. Eventually, they're gonna fall off. So like, you might as well just give yourself a little bit of you know leeway here and there just enjoy and, that, and that's what i try to represent man with you know with me being my you know uh my brand is yeah you know it's like i, I have a balanced lifestyle i don't i i drink wine and i post about it like you know maybe some other natural stuff you know i'm I'm all for balance man and mm -hmm. moderation like you know so like that bodybuilding lifestyle with everybody's like 
you know, logging their food and tracking this. It's good for a while. If you've never done it, I have clients, they need to do it at first because they want to, you know, they want to like a new lifestyle. And that's what they're doing. That's when you need to do it and learn how to do it. I know how to do it. Some people don't. So once you learn your body, you don't really need that. Now for bodybuilding and all this, that's the that's the, the way they make a living is different. But for me, yeah. you know, I'm a professional fighter and, you know, and I'm in shape, just that discipline, you know, good diet and genetics, man. You know, it's just, it's hard work, diet, and this is consistently to like the last 20 years of my life. Dude, I need to get, how do I get abs? I've been trying to get abs for like the last 10 years, right? Is it, is it? You do it. Is that. it more food or is it more yeah, working out? See those abs, then. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, man, I you know, look, I I like I I run like I don't you know this this month I've probably ran last time I checked it was around thirty something miles well, so that's far. A mistake. You do running. Yeah, you doing way too much cardio. That's the thing. Like people think that like running like five. Well, that's the only thing, right? Everything else is close. There's no gyms. That's them telling that doesn't work. I mean, it it will keep you lean. It doesn't mean it's gonna burn the fat. Okay. Different things. You can get fucking skinny as fuck running. So so give us tips. Give us some tips. It's it's what you eat, man. It's it's what you eat and it's what you do. It's the type of workout you do. So if if you want to just burn some fat, first of all, you gotta get some up. Do you lift weight? Okay, well, if you don't lift weight, it's going to be harder to like some abs. And it's doable, but do you do a, like body weight push-ups and stuff like that at least? No, I don't want to be muscular. I don't no, want to no, be... No, I'm not, so you're not going to, you know, you're not going to get crazy jacked. I'm just saying, if you diet, you, do, you want to do a body competition, you know what I mean? But, you know, for you, if you, you know, you're constantly running all those years and it's all you've been doing, your body is not changing, it's, it, you know, it's, it's for a reason. Yeah. Well, just probably the last, you know, since COVID, probably I would say the last five months, the the gym is closed. So I would say, you know, for you, just try to, you know, integrate a a little bit of weight training and then you Mm -hmm. can just do like a hit protocol, like a high intensity. You can just have a dumbbell or, you know, some of the workouts I do, man, those are the best because it's short and intense. Uh, I would definitely reduce uh, the running and focus okay. more of that energy towards this. You can keep running if you like it, man. There's nothing wrong. I'm not saying I run too, you know. Um, uh, but as far as like then getting ripped, it's, it's not it's not necessarily the best option. And you know, and you, you your body is just so used to it. So you want to you want to change your pattern a little bit. And I'm not sure what you eat. I mean, the ice cream is definitely not going to help. <laughs> Even when you got you gotta run a lot. Ice ice cream for lunch, ice cream for breakfast. No, I'm joking. I uh switch it up, man. Yeah. That's all you gotta do, switch it up a little bit, focus more on uh lifting weight. And not necessarily weight, resistant training. Yeah. You can do body weight, explosive work and twenty minute work and that's it. You know, and then you can finish with like maybe a slow jog or something like for twenty minutes, you know what I mean? To kinda of add it some burning calories, but to do the same five miles over and over, you know. That's do, do you do you do any uh, intermittent fasting? Yeah, fasting works. Yeah, yeah. I started fasting when I, uh, you know, on my way down to one seventy. Basically, I started doing a lot of high fat diet. Okay. And uh, you know, kind of a keto style. Like a keto, yeah. More keto, and and it works, man. Once you can transition to that keto state, and see, that's the thing. I don't really, like I said, I don't really track. But I kind of I know how to play around with different type of fuels for my body, and for which ones. So you know, if it's something light, 
then I would rely more mostly on, on fats, you know, and, and lower carbs. And, and, and if I have something very hard, I know I'm going to need some extra energy. Then I'll, I'll get some starch and some glucose and stuff, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can, can you tell us a little bit about your 12 week uh, shred program? Yeah. So I started this uh, actually a few months ago uh, during the pandemic, you know? And so, like I said, I've been wanting to do this for years, try to, you know, help people and scale it really. And so I, you know, I thought about doing this and my 12 week uh, program is, is basically I work with you one-on-one, obviously through, you know, the laptop or the phone, but once a week we do a, you know, a phone call like this and I, yeah. you know, we talk about your progress, you know, we address it, we adjust if needed, you know, and, uh, and we go from there. So every week we have this and obviously I provide you with assistance with, you know, the diet. So there's different phases that I have my, you know, my client, depending on your goals and needs, because I have athletes and I have just, you know, the average mom who wants to lose 30 pounds. And yeah. you know what I mean, so it's, it's really different. And this is why it's, it's kind of, I like the personal touch where like I get on the phone with you or FaceTime combo or something like this. And you can talk to me, you can pick my brain and I, you know, I'm just always transparent and, you know, very, uh, very honest uh, with who I train and uh, I take pride in that and just trying to really help them get better. So, uh, you have nutrition, you have your workouts, and once a week we meet all together, and this is for 12 weeks. And I think it really helps when you have some sort of accountability, right? Like when there's I, a coach I mean, I think- like yourself. Yeah, like if it's just me running, you know, I can slack. But if I know, oh, okay, I got a quote-unquote report to you at the end of the week, I'll, you know, I'll... I won't slack off. I, I, you know, I'll take that responsibility and do what I need to do. Yeah. You know, everybody's different, man. Like, I mean, you know, there's so many apps out there and, you know, most of my clients that come to me, they just struggle because they scroll through social media all day and try to find the perfect yeah. workout. And it's like, yeah. So there's people that do well with just a net that tells you what to do and that's it. And it's, you know, it's cheaper and all this. And if not, there's, you know, there's, there's trainers like me that provide that kind of service when I'm with you all the way you know, to emails or, you know, a FaceTime combo that we have and all this. And uh, I literally show my clients what I eat, what I take supplements wise, you know, really what works. Yeah. And some of some of them take them, leave them, you know, and uh, so far I've been having great results, man. All my clients are really satisfied. So it's, it's been fun. It's been a good balance for me in between my training sessions and, and stuff as well, you know, keeping busy. So I'm uh, I'm grateful for it. Yeah, guys, you should definitely try it out if you're interested because I'm telling you, this dude is shredded. And uh, if you can be even close to that, you, you're going to be very happy. I'll get you in shape, guys. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, just before we go, I wanted to talk. You know, one of the one of the parts of your social media that I love the most is your dog. I'm a pit bull. Yeah, I, I grew up with eight dogs back out. Really? Yeah, my dad is a fanatic of, of dogs, and I always grew, you know, and, you know, uh, yeah, man, I've always grew up with like eight, nine dogs. The minimum was always three or four big ones too, some huge dogs, all yeah. fighting. I mean, I got my ear bit off and then my face <laughs> cut off completely in a in a dog fight. My my dogs that I would try to separate. So I just you know yeah. grew up in a household full of big family, lots of dogs. So definitely a dog person, and uh, this is my first pit bull actually. And uh, I just they're amazing dogs, man. Amazing, amazing dogs. Yeah. What uh? What? Because I I have a you know, I, I have a pit bull and and she's the most uh subdued, submissive, chill, relaxed 
uh, nicest dog ever, right? It's like the complete opposite of what people think a, a pit bull is. Lanikai people trip. She's like, she's super laid back. She's such a, you know, a sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. I say this and I, I just. And, <laughs> I hear it in the back. She barks. she barks only if somebody's at the door. So. Someone's at the door, yeah. Somebody's probably at the door. It might be a delivery or something like that, but she she really never barks. She's super like it's weird to say well, she's literally barking. She, no, she she knows what she knows you're talking about her. He's like, don't talk about me. But anyway, yeah, pit bulls, man. They they're great. She's she's awesome. I love her. She's uh she's my everything. Well, what happened on the flight? You you had some issue on the flight going to Montana or coming back from Montana. Lenny. Oh, yeah, no, this lady at the airport was just, uh, you know, standing right by her knee, and she's talking, talking shit about me and Lanika, and she's like, I don't want, I don't want to fly with you and this dog on on the flight. I was like, okay, well, then. Really? Yeah, I said, then. I'm, just flat out, that's what she told you? Flat out, she's like, uh, no, but she got crazy. Like, I was, you know, my, uh, one of my best friend was with me, too, at the time at the airport, and people were like, who is this lady? Like, she's starting to chorus <laughs> and, you know, cursing at me. So, I mean, I, I cursed back at her. And, you know, basically, she, she, she I, I guess maybe she had a bad experience with people in her life. Or she, yeah. she was just scared of her dogs and particularly pit bulls. She's like, I hate pit bulls. They're terrible. And she's just starting this. And I'm like, lady, I don't even know you. Like, mind your yeah. business. Like, I'm going on the plane, whether you like it or not. Like, I don't. <laughs> and plus, she has a service dog jacket. She's legit. She's like, you know, yeah. give us some CBD and a, you know, and she's super chill. She's like, non fret at all. Like, like, when people see my dog as even a pit bull, they want to like pet her, which is so like, you know, she's beautiful and she's a little girl. You know, she's not. She doesn't have like. She's not scary. No, there's that's the thing. Like, it's funny how we perceive things. Me, I see a pit bull. You know, I'm like, I, I actively try to go and pet them where other people they'll cross the street. Right. You know, like, so what I see is not what they see. I, I get both. Even here in my neighborhood, man, there's a couple old people like, uh, and it's just, you know, you can tell they're just not comfortable around people. Yeah. And then there's other people that just love her, you know, and yeah. agree with you and I because they either people owners of dad peoples or they know somebody who had peoples they're just out of just, reps, man but if you if you if you if you uh raise them with love no problem at all yeah it just sucks because they get a bad rep and and they shouldn't because they're great dogs and it just it annoys me when people say bad things about them well, you know yeah it's, uh, it's unfortunate it's up to us to raise that standard for them though you know and that's why I'm, that's why I also posted a lot of shit about this. It's like, look, my dog is a pit bull, and she's cool as fuck, and she's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw I saw I saw one video. Loves the water, man. I saw one video where she got uh, a deer was chasing her. Uh, yeah, I got a little bit of heat for that, and I was like, trying to post it. I was like, I don't know. For me, I, I, Lenny is so quick and young, and I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think anything of it. I thought it was hilarious. I mean, it looked a bit dangerous. Yeah, well, I mean, you know. I mean, you never know, but like, yeah. honestly, it wasn't even the first time that Lenny done that. I've, I've really? had it before go after deers over there. And, uh, you know, what, what are you going to do? Like, by the time I'm there, and, you know, I thought it was funny and, and I, I recorded it. But, yeah, man, it was just, that's what happens out there. You know, a dog is going to be a dog, too, man. There's too many rules out there. Like, I grew up with my dogs doing, you know, like, they were always outside and, and basically had a big yard. And just, you know, dogs are dogs, man. Like, they're so... You know, Montana is beautiful. Montana is. Yes, it is. 
I want to go one day. It's on, it's it's high on my bucket list. Yeah, man, it's kind of a untouched territory. You know, it's a uh, kind of like you know, it's Wild it's, West. it's uh, some of those places are tough to live in the winter, but you yeah, know, the rest of the year, you you don't like the cold? I love the cold. Okay, I love, I love all of it. You know, I love I like seasons. This is what I kind yeah. of think about being here in California. It's just hot all the time. It's nice all the time. <laughs> you know, it's nice all the time. San Diego, we have it. Yeah, New York. Uh, yeah, New I, York. I used to live in Boston, man. So I know East Coast. Yeah, but New York is like eccentric. It's everything is to the extreme. Like the winter is really cold. The yeah. summer is extremely oh hot god, and so, humid. Yeah, it's so humid, in New York. Oh my god, dude, it's I, crazy. I fought there. My first fight. I fought three three times now in New York, and twice I made it to Square Garden. And every time we go, it, it was well. The first time was the summer, and it was so hot. It's terrible. Yeah, I don't know. East Coast man, like that weather, that that humidity in the in those cold ass winter. You guys got it rough. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, that makes you though. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's one of the reasons I want to live here, man. That people are soft a little bit, you know. Yeah. You know, people. It's just it's it's super liberal. It's like it's such a you know it's laid back. It's all this, but you know everybody gets hurt about anything, and you know. Oh, so it, it's the same in New York. I mean. In New York, it's a little bit more brash, I would say. People don't get hurt as much, but uh, it's you're definitely seeing it more. I think, like, if you go to the big metropolitan cities, you're kind of going to get the same yeah, person throughout the throughout the U.S. right of now. Course, of course, most especially like in the younger ages, yeah, where just everyone gets offended by everything you say. Everybody has something to say, and everybody's get hurt. Yeah, and everyone's got a voice on social media, and it's amplified. Yeah. That's the word. All right, my man. I really appreciate uh, the time, man. Thanks for having me, man. That was fun. Yeah, I I had a blast. And uh, we'll do it sometime again. 100%. And yeah, where where can people find you? Where can the listeners find you? Uh, Mostly really on Instagram, even though I started a a TikTok that I think I've been logged in in a month now. I I, created an account for fitness and then I was like, it's too much work. I think they're going to cancel it in the U.S. anyway. Yeah, I, don't, I don't, for now, I don't really care. But anyways, yeah. Mike Lemire, so M-I-K-E-L-E-M-A-I-R-E. Just attach at Instagram. Yeah, guys, and, and look him up uh, if you're interested in, you know, through COVID, getting fit, getting in shape. He's the man. Yeah, just follow me on Instagram. Just, you know, I, 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 I post a lot of tips when it comes to diet, you know some nutrition, some exercises, or just, you know, kind of like behind the scenes, some of my days sometimes a little bit, you know, as an athlete and stuff. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Cool, man. And I'm looking forward to your next fight, hopefully this year. Yeah. Any luck? I hope I can squeeze one in, man, you know. But yeah. I'm, I'm going with the flow, man. You know, I'm, you know, I'm still training. I'm still I'm still there. So, yeah. Uh, you're a cool guy, man. Uh, all right. You, man. I had a blast, man. We'll have to do it again. All right, man. Later. Stay cool. Bye. See ya.